0: Crime Curious is a true crime podcast that takes an in-depth look into true crime cases through the lens of a trained investigator and former prosecutor turned judge.
1: If you are sensitive to expletives, anatomical descriptions, and accurate descriptions of true crime scenes, this podcast may not be suitable for you.
0: Are you sick of giving the special people in your life the same old lame gifts year after year? Well, I am here to help you friends. You know, if you're an avid listener of this podcast at the beginning of each episode, I shake a genuine kangaroo scrotum sack for good luck. Now you can own your own genuine handmade kangaroo scrotum sack and not just a sack. Maybe you're looking for a bottle opener, a unique back scratcher, whatever it is that you're looking for. You can find it at rueballs.com and enter code CRIME10 for 10% off your order. That's R-O-O-B-A-L-L-S.com, promo code CRIME10 for 10% off your order. Keep it curious and keep it shaken. Welcome to Crime Curious. I'm Charnell, And I'm Megan. And I'm shaking our bones, Megan. And I still have the sin. All right. We got
1: the gree taken care
0: we of. We did. Welcome to part two of Megan's first two-parter.
1: I'm going to jump right in.
0: Please do. So we
1: left off with some very interesting information um, Pam gave uh, during her depositions. Mm-hmm. And we have attorney, defense attorney Schwartz here, who represents Russ Faria with just a whole lot of feelings going into this trial. And to be honest with you. Maybe feeling a little confident. Sure. Right? I mean, yeah, he's got some
0: solid freaking information, Megan. I mean,
1: I too, as an attorney and having worked in many uh, aspects, if I was defending one of my cases would be like, this is good. Yeah. Right? The trial of Russ Faria for murdering his wife, Betsy, began on November 18th of 2013. The Lincoln County prosecutor was a woman named Leah Askey. She opened the case calling the motive greed. Her case theory was Russ Faria was an angry man with a temper who smoked marijuana, was in an incredible amount of student loan debt. (laughs)
0: Most people who smoke marijuana are not angry, though. I just want to point that out. Okay. They're hungry. Yes.
1: Incredible amount of student loan debt and needed to benefit from his wife's life insurance policy. Question.
0: Tale as old as as time, song as old as rhyme, yeah, yeah. Does it bother
1: me, just because I'm a former prosecutor, that Betsy had terminal cancer, and if Russ thought he was the beneficiary of that and was a hateful fuck,
0: he would have been getting
1: her life insurance soon enough.
0: Anyway, yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. You're not the only person that has this on their mind, I'm sure. Betsy's two daughters, their names, by the way, are Leah and Mariah Day.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Um, from of, in the previous relationship believed Russ was responsible for their mom's murder. Remember the victim's family only knows what they have been told right? and what comes out at the trial. They both, and
0: what they're reading in the papers that they're taking is yes. fact. Okay. Yes. Like that. I can clearly see how they would have thought these things. So at the trial, they both
1: did testify that Betsy and Russ had marital issues and fought often.
0: Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that the questions were carefully crafted to bring about those answers as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, you know, when you testify, um, you can tell the truth, but tell it with different um, emotional connections. So if you're testifying about somebody or something that um, you are unsure of, you, you might be a little bit more clear. Here, they're convinced that the, Russ murdered their mom. So, mm-hmm. of course, when they testify, things could be exaggerated or embellished to make things sound worse than they were. Or, right. in their defense, maybe it really was that bad at times with the awful fighting.
0: Right. And, and, and they know. And the, the questions are the ones guided that know. them and they answered them honestly. Yes.
1: No, they can be know. cross-examined too. Yes. And, and that information was consistent, that there had been uh, fighting quite often. Mm-hmm. So the prosecutor's case, Leah Askey here, was leaning on the familiarity of the murderer. Whoever had killed Betsy, cleaned up, showered, and even let the Faria's chow mix dog out. Russ was apparently the only person who knew where the towels were, don't laugh, and control the very protective dog. So let's do the second part first. The really protective dog, I can see that. Mm -hmm. Um, This is a, this was a chow mix. Um, I'm familiar with chows. They Mm -hmm. actually can be pretty aggressive. Sweethearts, big fluffy sweethearts, but they can be pretty aggressive. And apparently, and I think some of this testimony that came from the daughters even was that Russ is really the only one that can, could control that dog. Okay. And, um, Mm -hmm. The part where he was the only person who knew where the towels were. Well, you can just feel how you want about that. Yeah. Because I, when I go to people's houses, often don't know where their towels were. But I bet you I could find them. Yeah. In your house. Yeah, I, I could, could find your towels. I could use
0: some deductive reasoning and figure out some places where people usually keep their towels. I mean,
1: I keep mine in the basement behind the furnace. Right. Isn't that uh-huh. where you keep right. yours?
0: Exactly. That's, that's my point. Every, you know, we know where know. A, thereabouts of where towels would be kept in a household.
1: A crime scene investigator that testified did not lend much assistance in my opinion. There had been a Blue Star test. This is where they look for blood presence and evidence that there has been some type of a uh, substance to clean it.
0: Right, a cleanup. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently
1: there was some small indication, some small evidence of some cleaned up blood. But guess what, Charnel? The camera malfunctioned and the crime scene photos didn't develop. What? Yeah. Oh, that is unfortunate. Lab tests could not confirm presence of blood on the kitchen floor, the towel drawer or the drain pipe. Note, there's also no evidence because of this there's just no evidence, there's nothing no, in existence because of this There's no evidence of bloody footprints and certainly nothing that matched the
0: soles of Russ's slippers. Okay, that makes sense to me. Because we know how it got there. Let's talk about the time of death. Yes. Shall we? Because that pissed me off last episode.
1: Well, the time of death is called in the question. Defense Attorney Schwartz was sure that uh, Betsy died before 721. So I think Pam dropped her off at what, like 710? Yeah, and so, they had a phone call to Pam's husband at 707. 707. It was 707, yes. I believe they were in the driveway when they made that phone call. hmm The reason he thinks that she died before 721 is that her daughter, Leah, had actually called her mom at 721, 726, and 730 with no response. Okay. Yep. All right. That makes sense. So mommy's not picking the phone up. And he's just concluding at this point in time that sometime within that 15, 20 minute time frame Mm -hmm. is when she died.
0: Or very well in the process of it. Yes. Also, a
1: death prior to or around 721 explained the rigor mortis.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, for sure. Not for sure. Well, Prosecutor Askey had a
1: different theory, though. And she called a Dr. Kamal Sabwa, Sabarwal. Okay. I'm so sorry. Yes. I believe his name is Indian, and I'm messing it up, and I apologize, sorry, Dr. Doctor. Kamal. Who completed the autopsy. Okay. Where she questioned him about a thing called cadaveric spasm. Okay. We have the word cadaver in there. Mm-hmm. And the word Mm -hmm. spasm. Basically, this is a situation where almost instant rigor mortis sets in with a death where it is preceded by extreme exertion. Okay. He testified that this is very rare.
0: I was going to say, how common is this?
1: But not impossible. Mm -hmm. But he also stated that it's not universally accepted.
0: Oh, okay. So not everybody actually in the medical field believes that this is possible and even a thing.
1: So I apologize that I did not look up whether Missouri is a Daubert state or not. But for evidential, evidentiary purposes, you have to be able to meet certain thresholds to get testimony, to get scientific evidence in. Mm-hmm. And in, in, in Michigan, it has to be a commonly accepted scientific thing. Mm-hmm. And, and it had to have been tested through hypotheses. And, and there's a way that you get this information in. Yep. So it gave me a weird feeling when I read it. They also spent a lot of time on the nine one one call. Oh, sure. Yep. I figured that they Prosecutor would Prosecutor Askey is is it feels very much the same way that law enforcement did about Russ's um, complete calm and then hysteria and she goes into this in detail and experts can argue both ways this is one of those things where you're going to get an expert who could come in and say no this is a typical response at least it was for russ given the information you have somebody also come in and say "Eh, i don't like it it didn't have any of the waterworks going with it he wasn't sincere in his uh wailing
0: stuff like this in my opinion is just so messy because all of us as individuals are have lived different lives you don't know what something from his childhood that could be triggering and and affecting his response we don't know those information and everyone is different and immediate trauma too which also can
1: trigger past traumas experts have argued multiple things from compartmentalization or compartmentalization syndrome shock,
0: yes. and just general distress. Imagine yourself walking into your home no. like you've done a million yep. times, and then all of a sudden the person that you love is lying there in such a traumatic, horrific yes. way. How the hell would you respond? None of us know, and I pray that none of us have to ever find out. So Lincoln
1: County investigators never mapped Russ's whereabouts on, with his cell phone travels that night. Really? Or PAM's, for that matter. Okay. Defense attorney Schwartz had an expert in forensic computer science testify that Russ's phone was still ten miles from his house at nine thirty-seven p.m. It actually reached his home quadrant around nine forty-five p.m. Okay. So we know he's either in his house or around it. Yeah. He calls nine one one at nine forty. Okay.
0: He gets, so basically, he's home. Come on, guys.
1: Yeah, he's home somewhere That 937 to 940. He's basically in the house for three minutes. And
0: the cell phone evidence completely coincides with his account of things. There is no discrepancy here. just gets worse, this trial.
1: Transcripts from the trial, again, I'm going to credit in the um, uh, post-show notes um, to the young lady who I signified earlier had done the uh, transcripts, but- Defense attorney Schwartz was not allowed to ask about Pam's phone in front of the jury. I'm gonna get to all this. He also wasn't allowed to bring up Pam's possible motives as the new beneficiary on Betsy's life insurance policy. Prosecutor Askey successfully argued that Pam had no direct connection to the case. Well, you have to rem- the,
0: the person that last saw her alive. Yeah.
1: Well, that part could come out. You have to remember that judges only know what is presented in front of them or handled in a pretrial motion. Right. Often judges are learning supposed to be about the case when they're sitting through it the same as the jury. the jury. Mm -hmm. You may know some pretrial issues that have come up. She argued, I believe, uh, as she's he's trying to get this information in about Betsy, she is arguing that um, it should not be able to come in, that there's no direct connection other than she was the friend that dropped you know her off. The judge only knowing that information that's presented at that at times, says, you know, I'm speculating, we're not going to make this come some kind of a dog and pony show. You know, right, it's right. not it's not coming in. It's okay. not probative.
0: Okay? okay. And this isn't a trial about Pam. This is a trial about Russ. The
1: person who's charged. Mm-hmm. Now, Schwartz is certainly allowed to cross-examine a witness.
0: I want to point
1: this out right now. That is a fundamental right yeah. to confront your accuser, yes. to cross-examine them in a court of law where things are being Um, exposed for the first time so that, that we can explore this but when he did question Pam on cross examination to see her inconsistencies the prosecutor objected that he was impeaching the witness what when he was finally able to ask why she initially said she didn't go in Betsy's home she said I had not planned on staying in the house and then I turned around and said that I did go in with her This is all admissible as a prior inconsistent statement, but the prosecuting attorney argued that it wasn't relevant other than trying to accuse Pam, which this is obviously what Schwartz is doing. Right, right, rightfully so. So I am not going to give an opinion as to whether that was the correct judicial decision, Um, Because, again, we only know what is presented to us at that time. Mm -hmm. But Schwartz is getting super frustrated at this point. Of course. And he requests an an offer of proof. So an offer of proof is where a witness is questioned outside the jury, but on the record and to the judge. Okay,
0: Okay. Okay. got you. Yes, to help the judge put the pieces together,
1: right? He asked her about the $150,000 life insurance money she received. Pam had just... Five days before the trial, put $100,000 in trust for Betsy's girls.
0: Oh, five days before the trial, huh? And
1: when asked about the other $50,000, she said that she was trying to help the daughter of another friend that had died of breast cancer. What? By the way, later she admitted she lied about that.
0: Well, right. Oh, my God. in the courtroom... And also, that's not what that money was supposed to be for.
1: No. In the courtroom is um shout out to chris hayes from fox 2 he's the only member of the media um covering the trial i think it might be KVT, KTV, ktv ktv fox yep. 2 he was like this is the most important and interesting testimony and it's not
0: going in front of the jury, the jury. oh god could you imagine a jury member finding all this stuff out later and saying holy shit i would have done things differently yes Oh, I can't imagine that. Humans.
1: People get upset in trials now because, and that happens. Jurors leave and, and you make a decision and they're like, well, I wish I knew this or why can't I ask that? Yes. Um, sometimes jurors have sent questions out and they've been like, we want to know if he was intoxicated, but if it didn't come up right. and it wasn't real legal evidence that was admitted, mm-hmm. you know, you have to answer back. You may only use the facts established in the case at hand. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's how definitely. it goes. In her closing argument, prosecutor Askey summed up the case. Russ lived out his role-playing game fantasy, oh made multiple stops to create an alibi, leaving his phone with friends, the four alibis, who she called co-conspirators.
0: Mm. He okay, left now we're phone, implementing all of that. Never
1: charged that I could find. Mm-hmm. That Russ found Betsy on the couch. You're going to have to let me get through this, okay? Mm-hmm. Your face, if Your face is priceless. <laughs> she indicates in her closing argument that Russ found Betsy on the couch and kills her. She says there wasn't blood on Betsy because, or on Russ, because he was naked. He had just had sex with her. Now, there was evidence of semen presented at trial, which Russ admitted they had had sex two days prior, and semen can live, like, what, 73 hours or something. Five days, yeah. So, yeah, longer than that. She then says he showers, cleans up while calling 911. I heard the tape. Mm. gets the dog outside and hides his bloody slippers in the closet all the while his co-conspirator friend or friends deliver his phone and the crumpled up arby's receipt found in the back of his suv her closing so schwartz addresses the jury even noting who's doing the fantasy play here prosecutor listen to what he says the prosecuting attorney just accused four people of murder with no evidence Uh ladies and gentlemen amen he points out the following russ stripped naked had sex with betsy stabbed her and then reclothed her right or he took the time to reclothe her she got dressed while he was naked and then he stabs her through the clothes because there'd be puncture ones through the clothes of course then he goes through the timeline and the forensics or lack of and alibis of russ after four hours of deliberation the jury returned their verdict Russ Faria was guilty of the murder of his wife, Betsy Faria.
0: While being naked. Okay. The judge. Also, why would why would he go to all that trouble? All that trouble. I got to ask this. Of being naked to murder her and all this stuff, but then leave his slippers in the back of the closet for the police to find? He went to all the other trouble, but ugh, the smoking slipper. So what? he's
1: completely nude, but he puts his slippers on?
0: Right. Because his feet were chilly. I mean,
1: some people leave their socks on during sex. I, Maybe. I don't. Don't yeah. know those people. <laughs> no. So, oh my god, as happens after a finding of guilt, um, jury's released, and you have the a, a defense attorney sitting there, the defendant, the prosecutor, and probably her um, investigating officer. He says, uh, "Well, do you guys want to set a date, presumably for the sentencing?" And Schwartz says, "You mean for a new trial?" <laughs> yeah. Well, the sentencing occurred. And Russ Faria was sentenced to life in prison without parole.
0: Oh, this hurts my belly. After the trial,
1: Pam would go and see Betsy's mom sometimes. She was reported to have even bought her a necklace in memory of her daughter. Then she just quit going. With her daughter's money.
0: With the money that that she got of her daughter.
1: So another piece of info outside of the jury, Schwartz asked Pam, I think it was again during that uh, kind of, I'm going to call it a sidebar, but proof, Uh, hearing Mm -hmm. why it took her so long to set up trust accounts for betsy's girls her answer my mother just died on october 31st of alzheimer's that i was taking care of
0: was she the beneficiary of her mother's life insurance too
1: but her mom didn't die of alzheimer's oh oh no so hold on to your comfort item pamela's mother was shirley newman Shirley was 77 and lived alone in a third-floor apartment at a senior living community in Fenton, Missouri. Uh -uh. She did suffer from dementia and arthritis and was often unsteady on her feet. On October 31st of 2013, Shirley's body was found underneath the balcony of her apartment. The railing above from her apartment was broken. The cause of death was blunt force trauma to the chest from a quote-unquote accidental fall. But her toxicology screen had Ambien in it, eight times the usual dose. Pam was the last one to see her mom alive. Imagine that. She had dropped her off home that night, um, the night before, at 5 p.m., and told staff not to expect her for dinner and possibly for breakfast because her mom had been in the hospital the night before uh, for back pain. That was what she was bringing her for. At the time, no foul play was suspected. Michael Newman, who was Shirley's son and Pam's brother, sued the retirement home, alleging the balcony railing was defective. Now, the suit was later dropped. As you're aware, and I indicated in the first part here, Dateline was highly involved in this case. They mm-hmm. reported on it third only to John Binet and OJ Simpson. And they actually hired a structural engineer to examine this rail. Good. Okay.
0: Good. Because I had questions. If they about didn't
1: it. hire, I, I'll correct that. So I don't screw it up. They asked a structural engineer sure, to shame. examine it. Got you. That person, that engineer made the determination that to cause the amount of bending the rail suffered, it would take a lawnmower or a vehicle. Oh, even Shirley being a, a larger woman at 210 pounds. Okay. And even if she fell headlong into the balusters, she still wouldn't have been able to have created enough force for her body to bend the rails. The way that it was bent. The way that it was bent. Mm. In July of 2014, Betsy's daughters were suing Pam for that life insurance money that she was holding in trust. Okay, Okay. good, good. She was asked how much money during the deposition she inherited from her mom. Now, she initially refused to say, then said $100,000. Mm. During that deposition, she was also asked about her friendship with Betsy. She said Betsy loved her and would want her to have whatever she had. Oh, my God. The lawyer in the deposition asked, did she mention to you that she wanted the money to be used for her daughters? And Pam responded, absolutely not.
0: Oh, that's contradictory to what you told the police in the Russell investigation. The Russ investigation.
1: The reason that they took her to, to court to sue her Because I just told you that she had put it in trust for the daughters during the trial, right? Mm -hmm. It happened five days before. Five days before. Well, back in June of 2012, during the investigation, when Detective McCarrick had interviewed Pam, she had said she was taking care of the insurance money so the girls didn't blow through it. The detective urged her to set up a trust, but she didn't do it until right before the November 2013 trial and funded it with $100,000 of the 150000 policy.
0: you mean the $100,000 that she got from her mom?
1: Um, that wasn't until after. Oh, okay. Mom died in 2013.
0: Thir- yeah, and wasn't this done in 2013? This was
1: 2012 that she sets it up. And oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. It- oh, God. Yeah, it was right before. You're right. Mom died October 31st, and uh, the trial was in November. In November. So it was within yeah. a month. Yeah, okay. She also bought a new four-bedroom house, but said that she used her IRAs. okay. To do that. Okay. But the attorney deposing her, his name is like David Butch, called defense attorney Schwartz after the oh, civil good. depot. because a few weeks after Russ's trial, she took advantage of the revoc- revocable trust she set up for Betsy's girls and revoked it. Of course she did. So that's why- Surprising, no one. It was set up in November. A couple months later, yeah, she revokes it or a few weeks. And then in July of 14, they Which have is to sue her for when They money. sue her. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. Now, Schwartz um had already filed an appeal obviously sure he knew he was going to right but now now he filed what's called a mooney motion a mooney motion I like the sound of it right is that there was new evidence yes evidence that could negate a guilty verdict yes in Missouri at that time a mooney motion had only been granted three times this made four yay Yes. On February 24th of 2015, Russ's case was remanded, and in June, he was granted a new trial. This time, those missing crime scene photos, 132 of them, well, in the summer of 2015, before the trial, but after the case was remanded, Schwartz received a CD of them from someone at the prosecutor's office. What? What? He also discovered that the prosecutor, Askey, this is reported but not confirmed, you guys. Okay. Had been involved in a romantic relationship with the captain of investigations in Lincoln County, Mike Lang. Ouch. Lang was the one who did not request the data to map Russ's or Pam's cell phone. Okay. Both have either denied the relationship, I believe she denied it, and, oh, he denied it, and she has not returned calls for comment. Okay. So that's why I want to say that is that is an accusation. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it was one maybe a, made by the defense attorney. It's a possibility. Um, but I okay. just want to report to you what I found. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, no confirmation.
0: Okay. That June,
1: um, again, before the trial, before Russ's retrial, there was another interview with Pam. She said that she and Betsy had been lovers. Oh, and that they weren't lesbians, but that Pam replaced what a husband would be to Betsy. Okay. Now, there's no proof other than that statement.
0: And we can't believe anything that flies
1: out of this woman's mouth I don't want to throw this in there, but one friend did say that that couldn't have been true because Betsy was actually kind of homophobic, Um, which I don't love. And I don't think there's any proof of other than that one lady um, friend stating. But to her, it's what made it incredulous. Maybe
0: that was her truth. Maybe she heard her say something that rubbed her the wrong way and made her, led her to believe that. Sure, sure.
1: So Pam goes on that Russ had discovered their affair. About a month before Betsy's murder. Oh, and great. that he now actually another motive, huh? pushed her up against the wall mm-hmm. and threatened to bury both of them in the backyard mm-hmm. if he ever caught them again.
0: But this didn't come out during the trial? Nope. Before?
1: Okay. Well, I'm, I'm sure Pam would have been embarrassed by that. Pam said the night of the murder was when... Betsy was going to tell Russ she was leaving him. Mm-hmm. So now mm-hmm. what we have confirmed, remember, is that Betsy was going to tell him that she wanted both of them to move back to the Lake St. Louis area. Right. But now Pam is saying that she really didn't want to leave her there because she was actually moving. She was leaving him like for her.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But Betsy's friend, Bobby, um, said, and Bobby's the one that sat with her at chemo. Yeah. Um, from that the day, first part that, that, that same day, day that Betsy was going to tell Russ, she wanted both of them to move to her parents' home, but, She wasn't concerned or telling Russ she was leaving him. She was telling Russ, you move with me. We're going. You own this house, but I want to go stay in this other house my parents have so I can be close to him and I want you with me. Yeah. Pam talked about how hard all these lies were on her, made about her.
0: Oh, surprisingly.
1: Who's the victim? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, trauma happens. And in October, a month before the trial, Pam had a memory recovery. Oh, did she? She did. Hallelujah. She, She had seen Russ at the crime scene.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Back in 2012, she clearly told detectives that she had not seen Russ Faria that night. Mm-hmm. Now she recalls seeing two men inside and one was Russ. Mm-hmm. She blamed brain injuries, accidents, and Ambien.
0: Ambien. Oh, Ambien. Like your mom and her eight times the limit of Ambien?
1: She huh. apparently Weird. used Ambien to sleep because of her head, head injuries.
0: Interesting. That's an
1: that's a interesting tidbit of information you just dropped on I us. I find all the information and I give it to you in no particular order.
0: Right. We do with it with what we may. And do
1: with it what you will.
0: Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> in- what a miracle, though. She's been touched by the Holy Spirit that's given her her memory back. Well, here's some
1: of it. So in Pam's civil deposition that previous summer, she reported having no memory issues. Right. But remember that she reported memory issues in the deposition with Schwartz where she was being kind of yes. eh with him. and Yeah. yeah well, I don't remember because I don't remember right now. Right. Well, memory loss in experts' opinions in certain cases, it's not selective.
0: Yeah. Right, 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 right. I mean, my spouse
1: has selective memory sometimes and hearing.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah, selective hearing. Mine also suffers from that.
1: Two weeks before Russ's second trial. Schwartz found the forensic expert report on the document on Betsy's laptop. Remember this letter? Yes, of course. It's been sitting in my back pocket. I'm not going to leave you hanging. I'm going to tie up every loose end that I gave you. One, it was the only document with the author listed as unknown. Mm -hmm. So you know how your computer pays attention to documents that you create versus others, right? Yep, yep. The document was from Microsoft Word 97, which was not installed on Betsy's laptop. That's why it was unknown, by the way. Right. Cookies showed a search for Betsy's signature block on that laptop. So somebody, some somebody searched for her signature block cuz you can do a virtual signature, yes, computer signature. I computer know signature.
0: I do it for work all the time. Well,
1: somebody had searched for it in the but
0: her life insurance document had her signature.
1: She signed that, that was in writing.
0: That was. It okay, was that hand. was in i I'm
1: still okay. going to tell you that she did sign that life did insurance policy. we know policy. what
0: she was signing? Do we know that?
1: You're so smart. I didn't even have it in my notes. One or two people have speculated that um, Betsy actually affixed her signature to something that she did not know was a change of beneficiary form. But... For all we have and for all we know and with it being a legal valid signature that was a a, a legal document from uh, the law and and State Farm's perspective. But yes that was brought up. I
0: just super wonder if poor Mm -hmm. Betsy thought she was signing something else. Yeah
1: you know another thing that I forgot to tell you during the first trial and something that um, it was only mentioned briefly once and in, in one source was that Russ had a girlfriend oh mm -hmm. um but apparently it was over uh before um betsy was killed at some point in time during her cancer he had kind of stepped out on her Mm -hmm. um but that it had ended and Mm -hmm. there was never any uh indication or investigation into um Mm -hmm. that woman being involved at all um, or as a, a motive to to kill Betsy, wow. I'm surprised the infidelity prosec- does
0: not equal murder,
1: right? But the prosecutors are, they did bring it up sure. that he was unfaithful and right. that you know perhaps and look that at was how motive. that sounds
0: to a jury. She's dying of cancer and you're well, stepping it looks out really on bad. her. It does. It makes you look like a
1: and a, and again, I think that he confirmed it. Like he the thing about Russ so far is that he hasn't lied. Hasn't been
0: in, yeah right exactly. He Hasn't been dishonest.
1: So we have I'd have to look more into it for you guys, or you can kind of look it up yourself regarding that infidelity piece but i i guess maybe i skipped over it in terms of my notes just because i didn't find it important but i just remembered it and i want to make sure you have all the information right. to decide and with it what you will
0: let's um have you ever known people okay that have been extremely sick and the other spouse is not <laughs> sick and, and they tell them to tell do exactly whatever. exactly like i know that sounds awful right but your body doesn't stop with its needs just because well, the person that you're again, in love with is, is horrifically i'm not gonna Ill. justify
1: it but we're also with sorry guys but um, they do have certain needs and while it's not okay to um, yeah. engage in those you know extramarital activities they happen and um, it's not unlikely that uh, the spouse was like, okay, well, I'm I'm hurt. Maybe this is the reason for some of the arguing, but yes. things are going great now.
0: Yes, yeah, you know? exactly. And it's over and, you know. Right, yeah, we and again, although Pam yeah.
1: indicates that things were going highly downhill, especially since apparently they were um, lovers and he had just found this out a month before and she was going to leave him. Right. There's no evidence from anybody else as to any of those things. In fact, quite to the contrary, um, even though Russ had had some temper and they'd had marriage issues in the past, things seemed to be going well at that point, mm-hmm. which I think is probably what I, in my opinion, Betsy's like, okay, I'm going to tell him. Like, let's, for the end of my life, move down closer to my family.
0: Right, right.
1: The other thing that was found in terms of that document was that the Microsoft Outlook email app was opened at the same time as the document, but Betsy didn't use Outlook. And because it wasn't configured, it couldn't be emailed. Okay. Oh. So, this is why Pam never received the quote unquote email yeah. from Betsy, but she knew about it. She knew about Betsy it. Betsy told her about it later. Remember? Oh, okay. oh did you get right. that email I sent you? That's yes. why she knew it must be on her computer somewhere. Uh huh. And, so,
0: and, and how she was able to tell investigators where to go next right. for their investigation. Let
1: me tell you something interesting about this trial, this retrial. He had a bench trial instead of a jury trial. Oh, good. This is. Explain, ha- explain
0: the difference. This rarely Some happens. might not know what a bench trial is. A
1: bench trial is a trial in front of the judge. Only. Instead of exercising your right to a jury of your peers, of, of 12 uh, independent individuals to make decisions, um, they had a, a judge listen. Now, there's a number of reasons or theories that defense attorneys might do this. In this case, Schwartz and Faria obviously had had a bad experience with the jury before. Mm-hmm. They had also had evidence excluded that they believed was exculpatory. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. and wanted to come in, and so it never went before the jury. This is a way to ensure that all of the information that you have and that you want to get out there is going to go to the trier of fact in that case, in this case, the judge. The judge, exactly. So while the prosecutor can still object and still make arguments that something is uh, more prejudicial than probative or not relevant, um... This is going to be up to the judge to decide. Yep. Uh, instead of perhaps tainting a jury Based with information, on the
0: law. Let me point something out that use of evidence. The whole, the whole reason. I, I think this was smart because. Look at how you, as a, as a judge, have presented this case. You purposely were like, I will let you know, because this was a, a specific part of the case, that yes. he did have a girlfriend. I don't think that it's relevant and important information and in the motive for him wanting to murder his it wife. Come in. Okay, right. But to a jury who's, who is a, not only a trial by evidence, but they're judging his character too. You, as a judge, know that doesn't fucking matter. Right. I'm, you have to look at the evidence only because, but you are a woman of the law. And so you know that. So I would agree with this because there are some things that make him look like a not great stand up character guy. Right. But he's you, a little rough. Yeah. But you have to look at the evidence only. And I think they knew a judge would do that. Do you want to, and this is just another insert
1: here. So um, you you guys paid for this. Like you want commentary from us. You want me to do a, a modern case. This is what you get. Um, The prosecutor, the state, they have a right to request a jury trial too. Sure. Yeah. I find it strange. Yeah. She had much success with a jury trial mm-hmm. before. So he can waive his right to have a jury trial, but the prosecution, the state has a right to a jury trial as well. Yep. So if they don't waive that, uh, they had to have then right. agreed to have a to bench, have trial bench trial for whatever reason. Interesting. Prosecutor Askey is involved in this case. She's still prosecuting. Okay. She again argues to the judge that all evidence of an alternate alternate suspect be excluded. Mm-hmm. Same argument as before. Well, this time, Circuit Court Judge Stephen Omer allowed the evidence. That made this trial look dramatically different in terms of evidence oh, allowed
0: in. for sure it you did. You just changed
1: the face, right? It did. A crime scene investigator testified that Russ's slippers looked like they had been dipped. There was no sign of cleanup, which crime scene photos now corroborated.
0: Yes, the mysterious photos that the arrived.
1: The document slash email was admitted as well. Schwartz did not call Pam to the stand She even sent a text message to someone later that said, quote unquote, did Schwartz forget his set of balls today? I would love for him to grill me for eight hours.
0: Oh my God. This
1: woman, this was strategic on defense attorney Schwartz's part. Yep. And the judge, when he made his findings, his rulings at the end of this trial, called the investigation by Lincoln County rather disturbing And acquitted Russ Faria of the murder of his wife.
0: Rather disturbing indeed.
1: So you can imagine Russ's relief, but so much damage has been done. Absolutely. And someone killed his wife. Yes. Okay. And he's done
0: what, three years in prison? We will get to that.
1: But yes. So Schwartz was concerned that the prosecutor was not planning on charging Pam Hupp. Yeah. And he even called the U.S. Attorney General's office and begged for a review of the case. He didn't want this to be a cold case. And he said somebody else is going to die. And guys, defense attorneys don't have to do that. Fuck no. No. Yeah, he could clearly see this. Schwartz believed his client from the beginning. Yeah. He uh, defended him in really just an expert manner in both cases. Uh, he followed, he was by the book. Yeah. In, in my opinion. And then he made a mm-hmm. phone call later because he's telling the PA's office, you know, hey, are you going to charge Pam? Right. And he's like, getting the impression is, that they're not. This is disturbing. So he calls the reports it and says, quote unquote, this is from an interview with him not conducted by me. Peter. Although I would love to. Somebody else is going to die. On August 16th, 2016, Pam Hupp shot 33-year-old Lewis Gumpenberger.
0: Oh, my Lord.
1: Lewis Royce Gumpenberger was from St. Charles, Missouri. He was born February 17th, 1983, to Margaret Birch and Michael Kenneth Gumpenberger. Oh. He had two children, Desiree and Trevelyan. Trevelyan? I think it's Trevelyan. Probably Trevlin. just with yeah, an extra Trevlin. Y. Yeah, Desi Ray and Trevlin. Lewis also had two brothers, Michael and Robert. Now, Lewis had been involved in a car accident in two thousand and five and he suffered a traumatic brain injury. It oh. left him I know. It's okay. Take a deep breath.
0: I can't. This, can't breathe. This
1: TBI left him with developmental delays mm-hmm. and physical. He ended up being kind of post TBI childlike and soft spoken. He walked with a limp and his left hand hung,
0: kind of not able mm. to be used. If you tell me that she's a beneficiary of his life insurance, I'm quitting this podcast. Not going to tell you that. Okay. It's worse.
1: He okay. only left his mom's Signing house. Signing my resignation now. <laughs> you can't quit. <laughs> I refuse to accept. Lewis would only leave his mom's house to take short walks around okay. the neighborhood. Sure. So if you can imagine, I mean, this this guy, he's he's young, he's 33, he has two kids. Now he's well, been he's in this TBI, disabled. traumatic brain injury, you guys, and he's back living with his mom, who yeah. basically, I think, helps take care of him. And then I don't think he was actually really taking care of his kids at that point, but they, sure. they loved him, and, yeah. um, and he, he did what he could. They were doing could. what
0: they could yeah. in their situation.
1: So on August 16th, Pam Hupp calls 911 reporting a burglary home invasion. I call it a home invasion. I think St. Louis, uh, Missouri calls it a a burglary. Okay. She told the O'Fallon police that this man had tried to assault her and was demanding, quote unquote, Russ's money. Mm. He was yelling that he would kill her, and she ran into her bathroom for her gun. Then her bedroom door opened, and she emptied her Ruger LCR handgun into him. Shot.
0: So not only is she trying to claim self-defense against a disabled um, traumatic brain injury survivor, but she also is trying to bring up Russ's name again to get him implicated in another illegal activity because she's pissed that he is out of prison.
1: There was $900 <laughs> found on Gumpenberger and a note that said, quote, kidnap pup, get Russ's money from Hupp at her bank. And kill Hupp. Oh, my God. And to quote unquote, take Hupp back to house and get rid of her. Make it look like Russ's wife. Make sure knife sticking out of neck in return for a reward of $10,000. This is in a note.
0: And the note is written in caveman language like
1: that. Pam Hupp (laughs) called a 911 shortly before the shooting to report a breaking and entering. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. When Pam was taken to the station for questioning, she asked if it was going to be filmed and said she usually appears on the news with KTV reporter Chris Hayes. (gasps) And it's actually, it's his fault that threatening people are now attracted to her.
0: Oh, this woman who's living in a fantasy world.
1: Pam. Um, there were no unicorns present in the interview room that we're aware of. That y- I anyone else could see. I don't see. know if they did. This is real and this is not real with her <laughs> like we do in a forensic interview, right, but I kind of wonder if uh-huh. we should have.
0: If I said it's raining in the room right now, is that a truth or a lie?
1: <laughs> right. It's, well, your dogs were wet. And using that's deductive true. reasoning, <laughs> I could right. assume that at one point. Yeah, that's a no. <sighs> Hupp reported that Gumpenberger was armed with a knife and had jumped out of a car attacked her while she was in her SUV in the garage and demanded that she drive to the bank and get Russ Russ's money.
0: This man only has one working hand, correct?
1: That's what we find out later.
0: Okay. and okay. She
1: was able to knock the knife out of Gumpenberger's hand and then fled into her house, only shooting him in self-defense when he chased her.
0: Yeah, she is her own hero. Mm police
1: investigation went differently this time charnel I'd say cell phone records were obtained
0: oh, well she was through she got through it once she thought for sure she could do it again they showed
1: Hupp was actually in Gumpenberger's neighborhood less than an hour before the shooting so she had said she'd never met him before but right. she was in his but neighborhood near his home mm-hmm. uh, an hour before okay on August 10th six days before Lewis was shot. A police report was filed with the St. Charles County Police. A woman that matched Hupp's description had approached a woman posing as a Dateline NBC reporter and offered her $1,000 to come reenact a 911 call. What? A second witness, a man also informed police that Hupp approached him with a similar proposition. And this is what they theorized happened to Lewis, who is certainly operating in a different mental capacity. Yes. They yes. believe that she posed as a Dateline NBC reporter and was offering money to people to reenact a 911 call. Yeah. And Lewis said yes. Yeah. There, uh. were, there were nine $100 bills in Gumpenberger's pocket. Mm-hmm. And- there was a tenth one hundred dollar bill on Hupp's dresser. Oh, with sequential serial numbers to four Imagine of the bills that. found on Gumpenberger.
0: Yeah, that's we, not a coincidence. This was
1: not done uh, intelligently.
0: Thank you for doing a really good investigation, You're guys. Welcome. Oh gosh,
1: there was a carpet swatch found by police that appears to have been positioned to protect a rug in helps home from Gumpenberger's <laughs> blood. Because before I shoot an intruder, I quick grab a rug, or I grab yes. something to protect my rug from blood.
0: Like, this is my yeah. favorite one from ruggable.com. I cannot shoot anybody no, right. on this rug, because it's it's hard. It's discontinued. And the
1: reason I'm being super judgmental now is because this case is going to go a lot differently of the, as the last one, right. so I'm confident and comfortable in, the, in how this went. The paper that the note Gumpenberger had on him and also the knife were all items uh that had been bought by um Pam at the Dollar Tree. Oh. So there is a paper um that, that one that he has with the notes on it and she she has purchased paper and a knife and such um mm-hmm. from the Dollar Tree. I didn't from know the Dollar L- Tree Local Dollar Tree. Sold like tactical knives. So he obviously had oh. steak knife. <laughs> I don't wow. Know. And uh, Gumpenberger's both physical and mental issues uh, later uh, was discovered would not have made his alleged actions possible. No. no. Gumpenberger was a victim.
0: Yes, absolutely. Oh, this
1: poor guy. On August 23rd of 2016, Pam Hupp was arrested and charged with first-degree murder and armed criminal action.
0: And I'll give a clap for the second time this episode
1: after her arrest she went to use the bathroom and used a ballpoint pen to stab her neck and wrists interesting her neck and wrists you say the pa i'm sorry the prosecuting attorney on this case phil Gronweg. it's g-r-e-n-w-e-g-h-e which is a nice german or dutch word mm-hmm. and i think it's Gronweg. described this as a consciousness of guilt yeah this these are admissible by the way yeah later her bail was set at $2 million, and she was officially indicted by a grand jury on December 16th of that same year, 2016. A month later, January 31st, 2017, she pled not guilty. In March of 2017, the prosecutor stated they would seek the death penalty. In May of 2018, the judge ruled that evidence related to Pam's mother's death could not come in. Okay. But in June, the judge ruled that the prosecutors could present evidence relating to the killing of Betsy Faria. Really? And her trial was set for June of
0: 2019. Okay.
1: It didn't happen. The Mm -hmm. trial. Pam Hopp entered an Alford plea, waiving her right to a jury trial. And with this Alford plea as part of the plea agreement, the death penalty was taken off the Mm -hmm. table. So she's essentially admitting uh, guilt um, at this point in time in the f- form of a plea offer mm-hmm. uh, without ever having to make the admission to, of guilt. Yep, to give any yes, explanation any details. or anything like She that. was sentenced to life in prison without parole in August of 2019. Pam is currently serving her life sentence at the Chillicothe Correctional Center. In October of 2019, Margaret Birch, Gumpenberger's mom, successfully won a civil wrongful death suit. Um, It was wrongful death fraud and misrepresentation that she sued um, Pam Hupp for and received a judgment of $3 million. She's in prison.
0: She's never going to get that money.
1: Well, her attorney successfully filed to garnish her prison accounts. Although not receiving much significantly, they did get $783 garnished from Pam Hupp that she earned in prison working as a tutor. Oh, good. I just like it. I do too. I just like I it. I do too. In September of 2020, Mark Hop, Pam's husband, filed for, for divorce, stating irreconcilable differences. I'd say, like, my wife is a murderer and she's in prison, right? For and I life. have,
0: a, and I have a hefty life insurance policy, so I would like right. to stay alive. Mm-hmm.
1: And by March of 2022, so over a year, the divorce was final,
0: and and that makes well, sense
1: when yeah. you have children. children. They weren't in the home though anymore. I don't think um, they weren't. They were adults at this point, and um. But they have property. Yeah. So and Mark have COVID in the so middle of all that. just let's math it. Mark, Mark files for divorce September 2020. And then March 2022, the divorces file. The same time Mark filed for divorce, September 2020, Hupp filed a motion to vacate her plea, claiming oh, she really? was pressured into taking the plea. Well, Pam okay. had stated before that one of the reasons she took the Alfred plea was to spare her family. Okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was denied in march of 2022 the same time her divorce was final Oops! <laughs> all right and it was denied as untimely it's a bad month for you pam it was untimely yeah lewis's family say that his kids miss him dearly yeah. they suffered greatly and his son was afraid to go to school or spend the night with a friend oh. his mom margaret uh, the one that sues sued said her life was ruined Quote unquote, my life has been hell every day I think about my son.
0: Oh, I'm so sorry. Of course they do. So tragic and unnecessary unnecessary
1: and done obviously to try to get Russ in trouble for some type of a murder. What is her fucking
0: beef with Russ?
1: Well, poor Russ, right? He obviously wasn't faking hysteria when he found his wife dead. No, And even though a normal officer or first responder or maybe a true crime fanatic like us would walk in and say oh shit this woman's been murdered he thought she committed suicide and then this is what he goes through Mm -hmm. to to get there his wife is dead he found her he's traumatized he spent three and a half years in prison until he was acquitted
0: yeah And this isn't a situation, you know. Just the last two episodes, Megan, we presented a nine one one tape that we were suspicious of because it was reported as a suicide, where it was so obvious—a gunshot wound to the head. Same thing. I'm sorry, a drug overdose suicide. Right. The story kept changing on the (coughs) nine one one. you know, the 911 calls. So that is different in my opinion. They're very different. And just goes to show
1: you that you can feel a certain way about a 911 call and and they're so subjective. Yeah, They're so subjective. Yeah. So Russ, after spending three and a half years in a prison and (sighs) then acquitted, sues Lincoln County for his wrongful conviction Mm -hmm. and they settled out of court in March of 2020 for a sum of $2 million. Okay. Shirley Newman, Pam's mom, after Gumpenberger's murder, her case was re-examined, and her cause of death was reclassified from accidental to undetermined.
0: Okay. Yep, that leaves it open. It for, does. Mm-hmm.
1: An administrator from the St. Louis County Medical Examiner's Office told Dateline, quote, the amount of evidence available is no longer clear and compelling enough to indicate that it was an accident, mm-hmm. end quote.
0: Sure. Yes. Hindsight. Now is 2020. There
1: is no ongoing investigation Mm -hmm. and no criminal charges have been filed on anyone in connection to her death. Right. As for Pam Hupp, yeah, I mean, she's in prison, right? Right. In July of 2021, Hupp was charged with the first degree murder of Betsy Faria. I've been waiting for you to get here by Lincoln County prosecutor Mike Wood. Good. In September of 2021, Pam Hupp, uh, who was 64 now wait 64 that in 2021 waived her right to a preliminary examination the case was approved for a change of venue to a different judicial circuit i believe three hours away okay both the prosecutor and defense attorney agreed on venue now even um schwartz who has been popularly interviewed throughout this um and remember he represented russ and just is convinced has been convinced since the beginning that pam Hupp is responsible for this he even said she deserves to have a change in venue oh, yeah definitely third most covered case by dateline in, yes. the, in their history yes, okay so right. people know this case yeah The trial is anticipated um, in late um, 2023, or Schwartz even said, um, he thought it probably might not even happen until 2024, and he would know. He's a defense attorney in Missouri, and he would know how the timelines work for their uh, trials. Yep, yep. This case is ongoing and open. I am going to state this very clearly. Pam Hupp is innocent until being found guilty in a court of law. She is entitled to a fair and impartial jury. Mm Mm-hmm. The prosecution is seeking the death penalty.
0: Oh, okay.
1: I want to end with this. Some things that Betsy's friends said about her. Yes. And I'm not going to say their names because I actually went to her obituary. And, you know, you can see the nice things that people say about you. But mm-hmm. those people didn't post those publicly. They post them on an obituary right. site. And they deserve respectfully to not have me say their names.
0: Yep.
1: In high school, Betsy was the kind of person that made everyone feel like they had a friend. Another person said, Betsy was what I consider a lifelong friend, one of my best friends. She was like a sister to me and an aunt to my boys. From softball trips in high school with her dad, dressing up for Halloween, all the crazy slumber parties, and even into adulthood, we managed to maintain our friendship. Betsy Faria was that kind of friend. And there is uh, the case of Betsy Faria and Louis Gumpenberger, possibly shirley newman as well but we don't have any charges on her um uh, on pam regarding those Mm -hmm. and i'll I'll tell you at this point there's just so much extensive research that was done if you want to see the truth about pam um uh, that is available i think on on netflix right now again i wasn't a fan but i'm not a paid movie critic so you go see if you like it for yourself um about uh, just hundreds of snippets on youtube from uh, dateline and then i think they covered uh, on the actual dateline episode six uh different full-length episodes wow. of of pam hub and of, of these cases so yeah. we don't always bring you highly publicized cases y'all but this was one that i read that i'm like you know i think um i think our listeners would like our perspectives on this And I want to know what happens. I am so extensively following this case to see what happens. Yeah. uh, And to see if um, Pam Hupp is either guilty or not guilty of this crime. And even to see maybe, I mean, are there potential other
0: people right who knows it hasn't been explored in court and now possibly come out now it will be and
1: we just had a case recently you know our Molly young case again uh, nobody's been officially charged those are cases you guys that we just we are interested in seeing the legal the criminal justice system work Mm -hmm. and we want to see things explored in court that should be
0: yes yeah that's That's at the end of the day that's exactly it we just want these things everyone deserves to have their accuser right explored in court or who they're yeah and if you've been accused of accuser, something but um they're perpetrator possible perpetrator yeah. right and if there's no other leads like at least just explore this in court yeah. I, I, I remember you know
1: our criminal justice system is set up to um mean defense heavy
0: yeah it would because be, you're innocent until proven guilty. We, you are.
1: And, you know, if if one, um you know, guilty man uh, walks free um and then, I mean, that's just kind of, and because you followed all of the rules, because you followed all the rules of evidence, it could happen mm-hmm. because because we're defense heavy. This was a situation where, and I think the reason I got so much coverage is that there was a wrongful conviction.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And uh, it's why it's important to bring it. You can see all the perspectives here.
0: Well, and we will do, we, we do have people who write us with very well-known cases on purpose because yeah. they want to hear our perspective on it. So we will sprinkle those in on our podcasting journey as well, yeah, but but we li- I like to be more well known for things that for covering victim stories who aren't as heavily covered. But that's not to say that we won't just sprinkle in some some other heavily covered ones just for our own unique possibly perspective on it. So right. absolutely, so that is that is okay too. Do you want me to bathe? I you, do. Friend? I would like. I would love for you to bathe. I think after the deep
1: dives, it's just only fair. You let me know when your next one is. I okay. bathed you from Ollie's You did. So you're gonna did, bathe it me was, it was for Betsy's.
0: And for this one, I'm not going to say her name because I actually don't. She wrote it to us of, of a brain bath, but it's her. This actually happened to her. And so um, I didn't actually have um, permission to use her oh name. Oh my God, so, I know what you're going to do. So, all right. She said, I don't know. I don't know if you've read this one because it was on Instagram. Oh and you don't no, usually do the I did not. Instagram. Insta, no, mm-hmm. she writes, you guys, I made a great first impression on the third day of school. So it was um Interhaus which translated to Interhouse where school kids are divide um divvied up into three teams and compete against one another to choose um, the athletic team. It kind of sounded like a field day, like we have here. Yes, and you right? stand so in line line
1: and gym and you pick the person to make your teams. Yeah,
0: I so it's like for us here in America, you okay. know, field day. So it's time for field items, and my daughter is doing high jump. She came in second, by the way. Oh, she congratulations to your daughter. Yes, and in the middle of high jump, it's time for hurdles. So I have to run across the field to tell them, just wait, she's on her way. All right, so like she didn't want her to be late for her high jump, but they're setting up for hurdles. Now, in a it's a freakish hot summer day. This I do believe this listener is from South Africa. Okay, so yes, it's very hot there right now. Glasses are foggy. With me running, got the sport bag over one shoulder, sports drink in another. Hair is in my face. Focused on where I'm running. One, where I'm running to. I don't look at the ground. And the next moment, I trip over the tent peg and land flat on my face. Teachers and kids were running. Oh, are you okay? Are you okay? (laughs) I just got up and say, please wait. Mia is coming. Pretending like she didn't just fall (coughs) flat on her freaking face in front of the entire school. I would
1: too. (laughs) Jump up and turn around really quick.
0: Right, right. So now sports bag is off my shoulder. Don't even know where the drink went. Uh Hair is messed up. Got a green grass stain on my left knee and I'm pretty sure... And I'm pretty sure that I had a nipple peeking out of my white blouse. Of course, wardrobe malfunction. Yes, we have a Janet <laughs> Jackson moment. I'm
1: crying. It's the Super Bowl of field days. Yes. Where's Justin Timberlake <laughs> when you need him?
0: She's like, and here I am pretending nothing happened and just asking them to wait. No, while sir. The, no, while sir the you teacher, did not no, see my nipple. That did not happen. She said, well, the teacher looked horrified, but it was kind of worth it. She came in third. Guess I will be remembered. Oh. So she came in second uh, in the high jump but then third in the hurdles. That's fantastic. Congratulations to your daughter.
1: And we hope At that you're your okay. Expense- yes. I hope that your pride has recovered and that nobody posted your nipple online. <laughs>
0: exactly. Also, I hope you got that grass stain out because those are a
1: bitch. Oh shit, yeah, yeah. They use like the really good stain remover stuff, peroxide, right? does not isn't it like eat through the enzymes? I think oh wait. So. That's blood.
0: Oh. <laughs> not, not grass. with my
1: crime scene, my crime scene <laughs> stains mix confused sometimes.
0: Shoot. Um, this would absolutely happen to me though. And I, I resonate with the accidental n- nipple peeking. It can happen. She's oh, wearing a white blouse. Dude, yeah. yeah. To me, that's just, I mean, I'm you wearing a tank
1: top and I went, I go for a jog and it's, it's entirely possible. I'll be completely exposed by the end of it. So <laughs> right, right, you never just, know. I'm it to double it up is. on the sports bra sometimes. You do,
0: so. you do. All right. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Check out our website. We have merch on there if you'd like to partake in that. Also, Everything is on there. If you want to join Patreon, if you want to just donate through Buy Me a Coffee um, for us to buy books or whatever, you're welcome to do that. The links are also in the show notes. Follow us on social media. Interact with us. Send us your case suggestions, either through our uh, website, at yahoo.com or our socials. Like, we are everywhere. We try, try to cover them, too. Us. We do. So we do. I have we I have have just a I have a long list. We do, and we're getting there, because, you know, we're not... We won't stop, so we're no? we're got plenty of content to create.
1: I want a shirt that says that too. We won't. We, we won't, won't stop. <laughs>
0: yes. Can we also after this case, unless you
1: ask nicely and we don't have your consent?
0: <laughs> right. Right. Then we will. We'll just pause to clarify and get consent. <laughs> then we'll keep going. Um. But can after this case, I think we should have a shirt that says sometimes the husband didn't do it. Oh, right. Because I've seen those shirts of the husband did it. Yeah. yeah and sometimes he didn't, and then we gotta look elsewhere
1: just saying. Also keep your friends close, but your enemies closer seems like it's not as safe anymore as keep your enemies close and (laughs) their friends away. Like, yeah, I agree. there's that. Oh
0: God. All right. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Keep it curious y'all. Yes. And keep listening till next time. Bye -bye. Bye. Bye. Are you sick of giving the special people in your life the same old lame gifts year after year? Well, I am here to help you friends You know, if you're an avid listener of this podcast, at the beginning of each episode, I shake a genuine kangaroo scrotum sack for good luck. Now you can own your own genuine handmade kangaroo scrotum sack and not just a sack. Maybe you're looking for a bottle opener, a unique back scratcher, whatever it is that you're looking for. You can find it at RuBalls.com and enter code CRIME10 for 10% off your order. That's R-O-O-B-A-L-L-S dot com, promo code CRIME10 for 10% off your order. Keep it curious and keep it shaken.